It's September the 17th, 2011. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Today on the show from the Winslow Street Peace Park in Worcester is Sarai Rivera, challenger for the city council seat from District 4 in Worcester. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Nice Saturday morning. It's a beautiful day, and this is a nice spot to do it. It is. I love the Peace Park. It's outside, but it's not too cold, which is a good good mix. Yes, yes. Um, So we're going to ask Sarai these questions that we came up with over the summer about different policy things in the city of Worcester coming up to the election. This show, I guess we're taping it before the preliminary election, but you'll be seeing this after the preliminary election. And uh, campaign season should have heated up by the time people on television are watching this. If you have any feedback, you can email us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. All right. Um, what is local government's role in regulating day to, the day-to-day lives of citizens, and is there a limit? You know, I think that we all follow rules and regulations it's from from not jaywalking to stopping at a light to noise ordinance and things like that. I mm-hmm. mean, I think there is a limit that we don't lose a sense of autonomy and independence, which is the freedom of this country. Right. Um, so I think that it's natural. We all follow just like in school and, you know, everyday day to day things. We have regulations as long as it right. doesn't go where it's infringing in our belief system or our level of autonomy our freedom we're good okay and do where do you, do you think do you think local government has a particular role in that I guess, I guess I'm just asking because people oftentimes complain about the city council sort of coming up with regulations out of left field it seems like sometimes yeah and, and I think that, again I think that um, taking into account the voice of the residents when when they're coming up with something that seems kind of like you say off left field that when people say listen I think this is a little off um, they need to hear that. They need to listen to their constituents and not only just hear them and listen to them, but actually put into action what they're saying. Okay. What is your personal vision for the city? You know, I, Worcester's great. I really love Worcester because um, it, it has a lot of uniqueness um, to it. I, I always um, tease people that, that I know from out of town because they're always like, oh, you're from Boston. I'm like, I'm not from Boston. I'm from Worcester. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, it's very different. And they're like, okay, okay, you know. Um, you know, I always say that I think that we're um, underrated for what we have, and I would love to see that Worcester shines for what it is. So we have wonderful historic um, pockets in our city. We have a wonderful history. We have um, good arts. I'd love to see the arts enhanced in our city. I love that we have cultural festivals. I'd love to see more of that, um, more activities that families can enjoy together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you look at, like I always say, I mean, Providence is nice, but I don't think Providence really has much on us. I think it's just that they've kind of organized to enhance Providence. And I think that we in Worcester can do a lot of the same thing, if not more, in the city. Hmm. What's your view on the relationship between the city council and the city manager? I really think that um, th- there needs to be a clear understanding as to how that works and okay. so really that this the way that it works is that the city council supervises is kind of essentially the boss yeah. of the city manager um i think that what the perception that i have received going door to door um and talking to people and having conversations with people is that many times they've said it's unclear as to how that role is and feel that possibly it's the other way around that hmm. pretty much the city manager presents something and it's agreeable. Right. Um, that the city manager sets the agenda a lot of the time. 
Yes, which is a lot of times what people are continuously saying as I'm having conversation door to door with people. Okay. And I think that there needs to be, definitely the city manager um, has his job to do and does his presentation, but I think there needs to be a little bit more dialogue. And I also strongly believe that the council really truly needs to bring the voice of his constituents more to the table at hmm. those discussions. Okay. Well, what's your position on school privatization, charter schools, things like that? School is public. I'm a big public school believer. Okay. I think that Worcester has some amazing um, Worcester public schools here. And so we look at, just even in our district, to make my District 4 plug that I love, um, District 4 has two of the best schools, public schools, not just in the city, not just in the state, but actually in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's not highlighted enough. And I really believe that public schools should remain public. We have some great schools in this city. And um, what we need to do is continue to enhance on what's working within our city. Hmm. Okay. What's, what's your position on neighborhood councils? I, I like the idea of neighborhood council. It's in our charter. I know it hasn't been active. I, I think it would bring a really strong, um, more st- a stronger resident voice into our, into our council. I think I, ideally it would be nice to enhance civic engagement and um, be a little bit more inclusive of all different parts of the city, bringing okay. forth neighborhood councils. So if you were elected to the city council, would you, would you be a proponent of neighborhood councils? I think if it was proposed and after analyzing, I would definitely have to see, I, I haven't uh, analyzed all the nuts and bolts. What I have heard about it, I really like. Okay. I really am very pro-neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the uniqueness of Worcester also is that each neighborhood has its specific flavor, which is really nice. It's like its style and its culture. Right. And so I think that that would really enhance our council. Okay. Um. Oh, actually, I should probably ask you about District 4. Now, the District 4, in my time in the city, the District 4 race has always been a hotly contested race. Um, you know, there's always been a challenger, and it's always been a strong challenger, and there's always been a certain amount of, uh, a lot of passion on both sides about who's, who's going to be the uh, city councilor. And in my time in Worcester, it's mostly been Barbara Haller has been the city councilor. People have run strong campaigns, but it's been really hard, even the strongest campaign, to get more than, like, 33% of the vote against Barbara Haller. Um, what can you tell me about this race? Like, why are you why are you running? What do you want to see? How how would you be a different sort of city councilor? Well, you know why I'm running is that for many years now, people were asking. For, I would say for the last ten plus year, people a group of people from the community were asking me to run. At the time, <clears throat> I wanted to focus on my children that were much smaller, mm. and I also went back to do my doctorate, um, and that's what I focused on wasn't really sure to do that and continue to do the work that I was doing in the community. Within the last um, couple of years, again, approached and we decided to make that decision. Yeah. And really was a, a community decision, was really something in response to community, since that was what I would represent. Okay. I think that um, District 4 is a wonderful community. So I'm a product of District 4. I'm okay. raised since 1971, raised actually not too far from here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I turned out okay. (laughs) And I really want to highlight the good that District 4 has. I think all too often District 4 is a district that is discarded. And I think that we're definitely the district to recognize versus the district to discard. And I think that I could truly represent that. I have a true love for it. beautiful, (laughs) Isi. Do I have a fan? We have an impromptu audience in the show. How's it going? Hi. Hi, okay. Hi, sweetheart. 
Sure. I'm gonna see you in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. I'll be over there. Okay. Love you. I love, thank you. I'll see I'm, you in a little bit. Okay. I'll, I'll be, be over there. there. I got everything prepared. Good to see okay, you. Okay. I love you. This is a great trip. Okay. Great. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. I think that's yes. that's a kind of a good example. I have really deep roots in uh -huh. this community. It's not about somewhere that I live. I could live anywhere. Mm. I choose to live in District Four. Okay. It's not about kind of. Um, a place a, just a district to me these are I have strong roots relationships yeah um, these are streets where I was riding down the hill and I fell and I scraped my face and spent the whole summer kind of hiding half my face <laughs> you know where I um, where I had my first crush where you know I hung out with my best friends that I still to this day have a connection with yeah um, there's something to be said when you have those roots you don't represent this district just because you need to represent them you represent them because they're a part of who you are mm. so I will be um, a person in council that will truly represent this district um, with with a heart mm. because this is a part of me great let me ask you uh, what line of work are you in so I'm a, by trade I'm a clinical therapist okay <laughs> I'm also an ordained minister uh -huh. and um, as an ordained minister, I work as a director of programs. So we have a neighborhood center called the Shalom Neighborhood Center. Okay. And we have been working very hard to do community organizing and have done a lot of community type of programs. And I'm yeah. involved in different initiatives and um, programs within the city. Can you tell me a little bit about the uh, congregation, about your church? We're um, a really diverse congregation. Okay. So you kind of walk in and you're not, I think a lot of people, because I'm Latina, think it's a Latino church. Uh -huh. And you walk in and you're not really sure what we are. Mm. And we, um, we're an English-speaking church, but we are. You walk in and you don't know if we're Asian, Black, White, Latino, which is really nice. It's, I think it represents a nice flavor of our district. Yeah. So we're just a really um, small community-based church. Um, the next question. This is a question about finance, and this is a long question. It's actually in four parts. So you can sort of take this question however you need to take it. Um, the questions are. Where should the city draw the line in taking responsibility for development? Where should the city draw the line when selling off existing assets? How should the city be making its money? And what's the correct tax rate for Worcester homeowners? So let's go with the first one, which right. is... Which is, where should the city draw the line? Like, how much responsibility does the city government and the city council have for economic development in Worcester? I mean, I think that definitely we need to work together on economic development. And mm -hmm. I think that when you look at things like, you know, Union Station and things like that um, and other developments, we definitely, government needs to have a say. I think what's really important when they're looking at other things in development of, um, and this is part of the question of selling off assets, mm -hmm. I think that um, one of the things that has been really concerning, and again, I've had this conversation with um, multiple people as I'm out work talking to people in community is that I think it's really important for when there's something kind of going to be sold out or done that's going to be that's going to have a community impact effect uh -huh. then at this point it's not something that just solely is just about government making decision and private developers but really should bring in community okay. to have this more general discussion as mm. to you know what we're going to do especially with the, its community impact right as far as where money should be coming in, we should be looking at all streams. So obviously there's, you know, there's, you know, the taxes, the state money and grant and funding. And I think that if we can continue to look at those different revenues, you know, streams of revenues, then we can have less stress on residents and businesses. Okay. Um, 
what do you th- what, what do you think about the tax rate for Worcester homeowners? What would you say is that? Well, no, I, I, I guess we always like to ask people like, what's the correct tax rate? Like, if you could pull a tax rate out of the sky, what would the tax rate be? God, to be honest, you know, I don't know. I know that we're at a, at um, thirty four and change or something per mm. thousand, and I mean, I think that. I really do, at this time, economically, we should support this lowest residential tax. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, I know that taxes are where help us move our, our you know, some of the, like, parts of the, most of the finances of our, of our government, our local government. But mm-hmm. I really think that also in this time, especially I think of the elderly who have retired and are on a fixed income, have worked really hard paying you know their mortgage um, probably haven't paid off all their mortgage as of yet may have taken a second mortgage for whatever to help their children through college or whatever Mm. have you I think taking into that consideration should look at that I think in regards to business and that kind of then people say well it's kind of one or the other I think that we also need to be creative um, as to regarding businesses where we can alleviate some of their financial burden. Mm. And so I was talking to a couple local business people because I'm a big supporter of small businesses because in our district, this is like the heart of it, you know, our our businesses and our small businesses. And one of the people that's starting a, a, has been starting a local business for some time now, um, you know, one of the things he talked about was, you know, also being creative. So for example, like what we pay in insurance in the city of Worcester versus, and so people will kind of put their business like right outside Worcester, the right. Worcester line. So like Auburn or like Paxton or Rutland. And so right there we lose because it just, just these things alone with mm. just insurance is significant. Just even where you park your car, yeah. even like in the holding line, you could be almost side by side with someone, but they're going to pay significantly less. So looking at how we could, so that in its sense is a more state and more lobbying. So we would have to really begin to work in lobbying with our state reps to take that to a, a different level. But looking at how we could be creative to alleviate the business owners in other ways. Yeah. One thing I've heard. One thing I've heard in talking to people, um, business people, and other people running is this idea of, um, you know, like like right now, there's a lot of times when the city gives tax breaks to somebody for building something in the mm-hmm. city. And the idea would be we should have across the board anybody who makes a capital improvement to a bu- to a business to a business property, um, we won't we won't charge them the taxes on that additional stuff mm-hmm. that they built for five years or ten years. Um, what do you think about something like that? I think I think anything that could, like I said anything that could be creative to help um, all businesses, and I think that we need to also be inclusive because I think a lot of times. We're really excited to get the big companies and the big businesses. And yes, that's important in the sense of job revenue and, and you know taxes and money that comes into the city. But we can't forget um, the small businesses, the regular kind of mom and pop places. And if they're looking at doing improvements and kind of also neighborhood-based businesses, so you go to different areas like certain parts of Main Street or certain parts of Highland, certain parts of like... Um, Green Island and when they're looking to renovate or to make certain like chunks of areas and businesses working together to whether it's beautifying or looking to enhance their businesses then we should definitely be very supportive of these groups of people and even individuals as they're starting to do this business and again being creative with their tax breaks and I don't think it should be for some and then you know these haves and these don't yeah, have and I think that is like you're saying I think that all too often I agree it's kind of the are you big enough or are you well organized enough to to be able to lobby for that versus just everybody being having that opportunity yeah and i think if every we have to see what everyone brings to the table and everyone brings something 
um, here in our area. And I think that we need to be respectful and appreciative of what they bring, regardless whether you're a big conglomerate business or a smaller entity. Yeah. I want, so I want to ask you about sort of other community stuff that you've done before taking the step to run for the council. Usually we ask people, um, have you been on any city boards or city commissions? I know that you've been like a super like neighborhood activist for a long time. Yeah, so I've been on different initiatives within the city. Um, I worked really hard within the level four um, school, the task force Chandler L. Okay. I've um, been very active with organizations in this neighborhood, strong partner with Worcester Common Ground, Pleasant yeah. Street, Women Together. Um, you know, had met with the mayor um, at the beginning of this year to really bring forth, um, to help, you know, bring forth the understanding of what the refugee and immigrant population in Worcester and what wonderful organizations and groups of people were working and how we really needed to look at bringing them together. And he was really great about that. And so they started this, hmm. um, you know, this kind of group, a coalition to, to bring refugee and immigrant groups um, especially the leadership coming together to organize within this city. Um, I've done a lot of work with family and youth development. I initiated, um, um, along with my husband and other clergies, the Clergy Community Police Partnership. Okay. I've been part of the mentoring program that the Worcester Police has as well. So I have a very good relationship with the Worcester Police and they've been good with working with us in our community as well. Um, I also, you know, just the everyday kind of person I initiated and chair the PTO of, of my <laughs> children's school at University yeah. Park Campus School. Uh -huh. um, you know, still volunteer at Jacob Hyatt where my children went to school mm -hmm. um, for a chunk of pretty much K through six. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've served on the Worcester um, Common Pathways leadership. Mm -hmm. um, I'm several boards, you know, Central Mass AHAC. Um, you know, different boards of initiative, the Latin Education Institute, a number of them that, that we could go on a little bit about. There you go, there you go. Well, I want to I ask you more, one more serious question, mm -hmm. but first I want to ask you the non-serious questions. Have you, ever seen the, have you ever seen the television show, The Wire? No, I'm too no. busy door knocking. Oh, all right, don't worry about it, I don't have to. Do you, Is do that you, your favorite show? It's not my favorite show, but it's a show that we're, at, we're asking all the candidates about The Wire. Do you, do you know yeah. about this show? I'm not even, people who watch the show are tired of us talking about I have about vaguely the heard about the show. I think right. it came up in one of my classes because I do some adjunct teaching. Yeah. And I think it came up one time, a discussion in one of my classes briefly. I don't recall a there, while ago. There you go. Fair enough. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you know by any chance how much you can bench press? No, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty strong. You know? Yeah. We need to, <laughs> I'm glad that we have a table. I wish we had somebody else here to hold the camera. We would do arm wrestling. We could at least, that could be at least be the thing. Um, <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> yeah. If somebody else comes by, maybe we'll try it. Um, would you support zoning changes to encourage mixed-use, diverse development of existing neighborhoods to encourage walkability? Yes, I think that one of the things that we really need to be sensitive of, I mean, um, I would say over 10 years ago, there was a lot of discussion regarding like sidewalks and sidewalk repair. And when that occurred, I began to pay attention. So this was like, I don't know, maybe over... About, I'd say a little over 10 years ago and um, there was a group of people doing that and it made me pay attention to where we were walking through yeah. um, and I think that we do have a like a large amount in, within our city that takes bus that walks and 
I think it's really good. It's great for the environment, enhances people now in this issue of like, whether it's health or whether it's environment, that people are walking more. Also in our neighborhood, especially in District 4, we have a lot of people that have uh, mobility issues. Right. So I think that definitely we need to have um, a strong consideration as to that we have really functioning areas where people can walk well and get through through wheelchairs and strollers. Like that really made me, um, pay attention to people with wheelchairs and strollers. It's not that easy to get around to some places no, where you no. have a stroller. So if you're a mom, they're getting through um, with a stroller. If it's not a good walk, you know, area where you could walk, it becomes very difficult. Yeah. So definitely I would support that. This is actually one of the most walkable neighborhoods, I mean, places where we are yes. right here. Because it's like, there's like somebody's house, and there's yes. like the grocery store, and, and there's the restaurant, and there's the yes. park, and there's and the, the church. And the bus stop is like right over there. <laughs> yeah. um, and you get there's Park Ave, and um, you have all these like little residents. You cross over, you have a Main Street, which is Chandler. You go right down, and you have Elm Park. Yeah. Which is really nice. You have Pickle Barrel. Who doesn't know Pickle Barrel? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for good having luck, me. Good luck with your good luck with your campaigning. Thank you very much. This has been I'm Mike Benedetti. This has been 508 for this week, and we'll see everybody next week. Take care.